Introductions can be quite challenging. Some are just not my cup of tea. It's always a struggle to strike the right balance between saying enough about someone and leaving room, enough margin for them to speak for themselves. Personally, when asked how I'd like to be introduced, I often find myself saying, just tell people what you know about me. So they say things like, I'd like to introduce a man with a lot of charm, talent, and wit. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here today, so instead, here's Phil. When Dolly Parton introduced herself to the University of Tennessee graduates in 2009, she said, now I usually try not to give advice. Information, yes. Advice, no. What has worked for me may not work for you. Well, take for instance what has worked for me, wigs, tight clothes, push-up bras. That might not work for you. Another opened his commencement speech with these words. To those of you who received honors, awards, and distinctions, I say, well done. And to the C students, I say, you too can be president of the United States. That was George W. Bush at SMU back in 2015. Mark's introduction of Jesus is pretty quick. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Next we hear from Isaiah and John the Baptist. Then Jesus bursts on the scene, gets baptized, and is immediately sent out to the wilderness. There he is tempted for 40 days and the angels minister to him. Like Israel before him, Jesus passes through the water, spends a period of 40 in the wilderness, and then heads to the promised land to share and be good news. So hear the good news from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the good news according to Mark. Let us pray. Gracious God, help us to deal with the temptations that come our way, following in the footsteps of Jesus. Amen. Now, let me introduce you to someone whose inventions have left a lasting impact. William Stanley Jr., a brilliant physicist and inventor, a Yale graduate, class of 1881. During his career, Stanley was awarded 129 patents, including some of the first transformers for Westinghouse. But you probably know him best for his all-steel vacuum bottle. He invented it to keep his coffee warm all day while at work. The Stanley Thermos was even used by pilots in World War II, and for 100 years it maintained its iconic green color. But then in 2016, a new Stanley Cup, the Quencher, was introduced. Have you seen these things? They're huge, but they do fit in a cup holder. The Stanley Cup even has a handle for ease of transportation and use. This 40-ounce insulated cup retails for between $45 and $55. 
And now the original Stanley Cup only cost $48.67 back in 1892, which would be the equivalent of $1,500 in today's dollar for the hockey championship trophy. These Stanley Cups didn't sell very well at first. By 2019, sales were dim so dismal, they stopped restocking and marketing the product. But in 2020, an executive from Crocs Shoe Company came over to Stanley. He listened to customers, expanded their color palette, and the cups went viral. These are the new colors introduced this week. Anyone own one of these Stanley Cups or know someone who does? Georgia sports the sixth largest demand for these cups in the country. I sort of like this marvelous one the best. Unfortunately, these Stanley Cups have led people into temptation. Some women own one for each day of the week to match their outfits. Chelsea Espeo has a collection of 47 cups. She stated, on the days I do have extra time, I search for the specific color that matches my shirt. I wouldn't even say Stanley's are something I use. They're actually part of my personality. If I don't have it, if I don't choose the right color, my day kind of doesn't go how I planned it. There have even been stampedes to get the new colors. Well, it looks like a scene from Black Friday shopping about a decade ago. Uh, Target shoppers fighting to get their hands on the limited edition Valentine's Day Stanley Cup. It is called the Quencher H2.0 Flow State Tumbler. Uh, these Target exclusive tumblers come in Cosmo pink and Target red. In fact, employees got fired from Target for buying them for themselves before they hit the shelves. Yet, I think the Stanley may be the perfect cup for Lent. Hear me out, you may not be convinced, but it's 40 ounces with a handle, and Lent is 40 days, and all of us need to get a handle on temptation at one level or another. Temptation is part of the human condition. You would think that the Spirit would let Jesus relish his baptism for a moment, letting the voice from heaven echo in his head, going back to the house for lunch and cake like some of us do after a family baptism here in Dunwoody. But no, Jesus is thrown out into the wilderness to be tempted. Even though he didn't have a trusty Stanley Cup, he was not without resources. Jesus had angels there to minister to him, for we cannot withstand temptation alone. Trying to handle temptation on our own can be dangerous. It's why people in recovery have a sponsor. Dealing with temptation by ourselves often becomes a secret that starts to undermine our health and our strength. I have often said the only reason we have this story of Jesus' temptation is because Jesus shared it. He didn't keep his temptation secret, but brought it out into the air, into the light to help others. I think Jesus' temptation comes immediately after the baptism for several reasons. When Jesus faced temptation, he was being asked to question his identity who do you want to be? He has just been reminded by a voice from heaven, you're my child, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. When we face temptation, we're also answering the same question. Who do you want to be? And remembering our baptism and our identity as children of God are good starting points. We may not fast for 40 days or 40 nights, but we do fall into temptation when we are at our most vulnerable. After an exhausting day, we reach for that which is easiest, most convenient, something soothing rather than that which might be best for us, which brings us to our focus for Lent, margin. Now, some of you are thinking profit margin or margin calls since you remember that William Stanley Jr.'s son Harold went on to found Morgan Stanley with J.P. Morgan's grandson. 
But I'm not talking about that kind of margin. As we gather for Lent, I want you to think of margin as the space between us and our limits. You ever feel like you're hitting your limit, running out of time, patience or money? Then you may be living without margin. Marginless living means you're trying to do three things at once, none of them well, answer the phone, cook dinner and hold a baby. Or you don't have time to read a book on time management. Marginless means I have no resources left at the end of the day. I'm exhausted. No resources left at the end of the week with no time for rest. No Sabbath, let alone, no Sabbath time, let alone a day of Sabbath. We're not designed to keep the pace we've been keeping. Even God rested on the seventh day. Might you try a Sabbath day for Lent? Or marginless could mean you have no resources left at the end of the month, borrowing to spend more than you make. When we don't have any margin, we don't have any resources left to resist temptation when it comes our way. We all do seem to feel the pain of a lack of margin, but our solution is just to pile on more things. We thought technology would help us, but it seems to have crowded out all the margin that we have. Perhaps the solution is not more, but less. Not getting things done faster, but slowing down. Jesus changed the world moving at just three miles an hour for he walked everywhere he went. How might Lent invite you to slow down to the speed of Jesus? Maybe this is where the Stanley Cup can help us. Take a sip 40 times a day for 40 days. Let that sip remind you to slow down, to breathe. And it's good exercise carrying one of these around. They're four pounds when they're full. In fact, Stanley Cups can even keep you cool even in the heat of the desert. Take a look. I love my Stanley Cup. People swear by these things and apparently they can even survive a fire. Take a look. Everybody's so concerned about if the Stanley spills. But what about if it melts? It's in a fire yesterday. It still has ice in it. Mike carrying one of these cups around insulate us from temptation? When we do face temptation, what are we to do? In order to deal with temptation, may you, number one, remember your baptism where God claims you. May you remember the voice from heaven reminding each of us, you are my beloved child, with you I am well pleased. May you get outside and explore the wilderness. Go for a walk and remember the pace of Jesus that changed the world. And look for angels in your life who will minister to you. All of this takes slowing down to get some distance between ourselves and our temptation. Take a sip from your Stanley. Give yourself time to make a better choice. Let me introduce you also to the Delaney sister who, who were angels to each other. They never faced life alone and worked to make better choices each day. Sadie and Bessie lived to be 104 and 109 respectively. They gave wonderful advice for clean living and resisting temptation. Exercise every day except Sunday. Eat chopped garlic and cod liver oil at breakfast. Eat at least seven vegetables for lunch and boil water before you drink it. They also attributed their longevity to the fact that they remained single. They said, we never had husbands to worry us to death. And they stayed away from doctors, hospitals, and liquor, except once in a while they would make jello with wine. And then they said their prayers every morning and every night. They also gave this advice. Don't be too proud to accept your limitations. 
Temptation can easily catch us when we're at our limits and we have no resources left for resistance. Resources are required for resistance. And when we live without margin, there are no resources left. I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says about temptation. He describes temptation in this way. The Bible is not like a book of edification telling us many stories of humanity's temptation and their overcoming. To be precise, the Bible tells only two temptation stories. That temptation of the first human beings and the temptation of Christ. The first is the temptation which led to humanity's fall and the second temptation that led to Satan's fall. All other temptation in human history has to do with these two stories of temptation. Either we are tempted in Adam and Eve or we are tempted in Christ, says Bonhoeffer. Either the Adam and Eve in me is tempted, in which case we fall, or the Christ in me is tempted, in which case Satan is bound to fall. Lent is time to clarify our fundamental choice about the meaning and direction of our lives. The 40 days of Lent are designed to slow us down, to make more room for Christ in our lives. So take time during Lent to walk more, to carry your cup of water on the way, a Yeti, a Tervis, a Solo, or Dixie cup. In Lent, we slow down enough to ask, what do I really want from life? The pleasure and power of the ego, the self, or a commitment to others and to the world. Jesus had to make that choice out there in the wilderness. And we are faced with that choice as well. Who do I really want to be? When one little boy named Jimmy was in grade school, his route home from school each day took him by a beautiful lake. It was not uncommon for youngsters to drown in that lake, so he'd been instructed not to play around the lake on his way home from school. Yet one afternoon, Jimmy came in later than usual. His pants were muddy and wet, and he was carrying his shoes and socks in his hand. He obviously had been in the lake, and his mother asked the expected question, Jimmy, have you been in the lake? He'd prepared himself for this interrogation and answered, yes, ma'am, but I didn't do it on purpose. I just fell in accidentally. His mother then asked a question based on the evidence at hand. Well, then how is it that you fell in accidentally and you didn't get your shoes or your socks wet? Jimmy came back quick as a whip and said, well, I just barely had time to get him off before I hit the water. The Adam and Eve in all of us falls into temptation Just like that, the Christ in us resists the temptation by slowing down the decision process. Yet we need more Christ in us for that to happen. And if we have no margin, there is no room for Christ in our lives. Jesus had the resources he needed to resist temptation. Do you? I have to believe that the time of temptation in the wilderness prepared Jesus for the time of temptation in another wilderness, that garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed to have the large cup taken from him. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Not what I want for Lent, but what you, O God, want for me in Lent. Jesus prayed to have the cup removed from him, but it was not. So grab your cup, swallow a sip of water to slow you down as you ponder 
these next 40 days? How might we not yield to temptation? Every time a light turns yellow, we are tempted, aren't we? We don't have a choice about being tempted, but we have a choice about giving in. So in order to resist, remember your baptism where God claims you. Remember the voice from heaven reminding each of us that we are beloved children and with you, God is well pleased. Get outside, explore the wilderness, go for a walk and remember the pace of Jesus that changed the world and look for angels in your life who will minister to you. And like the Delaney sisters, say your prayer at morning and at evening. And the next time you see a Stanley Cup, may the 40 ounces remind you of Jesus' 40 days of temptation. May the handle remind us to ask God to help us get a handle on temptation by allowing more of Christ to live in us and less Adam and Eve. Lord, help us to make more space for Christ in our lives. May Christ in us be our margin so that we have the resources that we need to resist temptation. Repent and believe the good news in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.